Regardless of who you are in an organization, a great question can help you learn more about your task, unlock hidden opportunities, deliver better results, and mitigate unforeseen risks. In this episode, we are talking about one commonly underdeveloped skill for most managers, and that is the ability to ask good questions. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zenger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th Percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and my co-host today is the great Jack Zenger. <laughs> Thanks for joining me this snowy morning in, in Utah. <laughs> My great pleasure. Fun topic. Yeah. So we grew up hearing the phrase in school so many times from teachers, there are no dumb questions, but there certainly are better questions and worse questions. (laughs) And when it comes to interacting with your boss, questions can really set the tone for the conversation. So this month for our leadership webinar, we are exploring the leadership skills of listening and asking questions. And as always, I will have a link in our episode notes that so that you can register for that webinar if you desire to join us for that conversation. So back to asking questions. Jack, if this skill is so important, why is it so underdeveloped among leaders? <laughs> you know, for managers, there are important people skills that the person needs to possess. You know, football coaches are are fond of extolling the importance of the fundamentals, blocking and tackling. So what are the blocking and tackling skills of being an effective leader? They are the leader's ability to listen effectively and to ask insightful questions. Leadership really occurs through the communication process. And the most important part of communication is not the halftime locker room speech. It is daily one-on-one interaction with colleagues. And the most basic interaction between colleagues in business is one person asking an important question and then carefully listening for the answer. That's the counterpart skill to football's blocking and tackling. In daily practice, we ask questions for a variety of reasons. One reason is to connect and bond with others. The question, how are you, is a, a connecting question. We don't really want a detailed diagnosis of the other person's physical well-being at the moment. But after that, we ask most other questions because we want further information and, and we use questions to communicate our thinking. And we also want to increase others' positive perceptions of us. In general, I'd say most of us don't ask enough questions because we fail to recognize the enormous benefits in terms of interpersonal bonding and how questions are the gateway to our learning really important information. As you noted, Brianna, in the introduction, questions are a powerful way to convey your empathy. They suggest that you care about the other person, you value their ideas and perceptions, you want to know their feelings about a given topic. That goes a long way toward bonding with the other person. The most valued questions are those that follow up a comment the other person makes, and they confirm our genuine interest in learning more about what they said. Nothing says I care more than the follow-up question that enabled you to dig deeper 
and more broadly into a subject. Absolutely. And you know, just like you were saying with the blocking and the tackling, asking questions, ironically, is a confirmation that you actually listened to what the other person was saying and weren't <laughs> thinking about someone else or on your phone. Recently, I read an interview with a group of McKinsey consultants. And, you know, consultants are supposed to be the best at asking questions. Right? Right. They're paid to go in there and ask the good questions. They gave some suggestions about some of the practices they use. And I found this interesting. They said, number one, a great question <laughs> should demonstrate that you're thoroughly prepared for the conversation. So they give some backup of, oh, I've been reading this about your website, or you said this, mm-hmm. and, and this is the question I have as a result of it. The second one was a great question illustrates the expertise you bring to the table without showing it off. The third was a great question invites others to deepen or broaden their thinking and challenge long held beliefs. I think this really supports those points you made earlier about how good questions are connected to listening and its function of of a way that we connect with each other. So what are your views then, if we could break it down, what are the key components of good questions? You know, I really like the McKinsey consultants observation that good questions demonstrates your preparation. We certainly see that with good news anchors. They just don't stumble into an interview unprepared. You can tell that they've done their homework. They've read what this person has written. They've read what they've said publicly. And, and, and certainly so questions can be very useful in, in showing that you're prepared. In addition, I guess my view of what makes good questions would include some other elements. Uh, number one, they focus on what's really important. Good questions move the discussion to the you know, kind of heart of the matter, maybe to the elephant in the room. What's the real question? Uh, That is the one standout skill that I've seen in the most effective leaders. They have this knack to get quickly to the crux of the matter. Secondly, I'd observe that good questions convey a very positive intent. Good dialogue is a cooperative activity. It's meant to, to benefit both parties. Good questions do not have barbs in them. Uh, They're never intended to be a a gotcha. Yeah, I agree. You want to be sure that you're not challenging the other person, but that you're showing that you want to cooperate. It's a dialogue. So what's next? I guess the the third observation would be that good questions virtually never call for a yes or no answer. They, as you had suggested earlier, they are expansive and they're open-ended. They the best questions require the other person to to think and often to think about a topic in a new way. Questions that you know ask for examples to help people identify their assumptions or to understand the backstory behind this whole topic. Mm-hmm. These illuminate the issue and they expand the, the understanding of the emotions around it. So would these be a lot of why questions? Then? Yeah, they, they can be why questions, or they can also be the exploration of the the data that you have or the experiences that you've had mm-hmm. that cause you to think as you do, which brings us kind of back to this so-called follow-up questions. Follow-up questions help the other person to bring forth their reasons for the conclusions that they've come to. 
it usually causes them to think and, and to know that they're respected and valued. And so phrases like, tell me more, or give me an example of that, or how has this affected you? These all signal that genuine interest of wanting to truly understand. Hmm. So I feel like sometimes um, those follow-up questions can sometimes turn into an interrogation. And they might not be what the person was intending at all. For example, you give someone feedback about how their tone in most conversations is abrupt. And then they start to ask you, well, give me some examples. When did I do that? Why did you feel that way? (laughs) Those are all valid questions. But I think it's really important to approach it in a kind, humble way. And especially in person, because your feelings can't come through very well an email mm-hmm. or on like a chat thread. You know, I feel like so often our chat threads, people overanalyze. <laughs> I mean, they can give you emojis so you can put an emoji next to it saying, this is, this is meant in a happy way. But sometimes the information you wish to gather is so sensitive that even I think direct questions uh, won't always work no matter how thoughtfully they're, they're framed. And, and, you know, they're tough conversations no matter what. So, I love those suggestions. What what other things are part of uh, good questions? Well, I think another element is that uh, good questions help to create a foundation that can only come from you confirming your kind of mutual understanding of an issue. I've observed that some very good news anchors have this excellent habit of when they're introduced a topic and they've invited a guest to kind of discuss it with them. They begin by asking, now, is the way I describe that in my opening remarks, is it accurate? Did I miss anything or did I state something incorrectly? You know, I really admire that, 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 that tactic. Uh, good questions can verify that you have a, a mutually correct understanding and so that the two of you are, are talking on the same foundation and, and, and you can make certain that you're on that same foundation. The next thing I would suggest is that, uh, and it's something we've alluded to, and that is that part of asking good questions requires that you have what some would describe as the gift exchange. It's my sharing my ideas and my reactions to what you've said It can't be just me absorbing what you've been talking about and and listening quietly to what you said, but asking good questions and and making occasional statements conveys that you're a good listener. So I'm convinced that, that this whole process is much more like a tennis game where the ball goes back and forth, not a golf game where you're doing it all alone and you're just hitting the ball further down the court. Good listeners are not always quiet. Uh, I would agree. So what advice would you give to bosses about helping their direct reports to open up to them? Is it good to have a more casual level of formality? Well, I, I think the answer is absolutely yes. A less formal approach certainly encourages others to kind of let their guard down, to open up because they feel safe. You know, we're all a little bit like turtles. When we're under attack, we pull everything in under the, under the shell, and that blocks communication. 
it's hard to be a good listener or even an asker of good questions with your head inside the shell. It's <laughs> a good analogy. I like it. Jack, what about the order that you ask questions in? So let's say you're going into a pretty tense interaction. Do you ease in to the big question or do you just go right in, get the elephant out of the room so that you can talk about other things? How would you approach that? Well, obviously, there are moments when maybe just identifying the elephant is, is a good thing to do. But I think in general, you make a lot fewer mistakes and you generally have much more many more positive interactions when you move progressively to the heart of the issue, especially if there's a lot of emotion wrapped around it. Leaders need the opportunity to gain better interpersonal skills and beginning with becoming excellent listeners and being more adept at asking useful questions. Thank you, Jack. Um, I would like to end our conversation today, which I've learned a lot from, and I think our listeners will too, with this great quote I found by Allison Wood Brooks and Leslie K. John that they expressed in this article called The Surprising Power of Questions. They said, quote, a conversation is a dance that requires partners to be in sync. It's a mutual push and pull that unfolds over time, just as the way we ask questions can facilitate trust and the sharing of information, so too can the way we answer them. The 90th Percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. We really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com. <laughs>